Welcome to the No But Let's Talk About That, the podcast. This is a space for coming together and talking about any and everything from viral trends to our own personal stories and life experiences. We're so thankful that you're here and we hope that you stay. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, hello, hello. As Anna stirs her matcha. I know. Well, I was stirring when we when you started it on accident. So I was like, I'll just go with it as like a joke. But yeah, it is the morning. So I do have my matcha with me. Good morning, everyone. So glad yeah, to have morning. you back. Welcome back to yeah. But let's talk about that. The podcast. It's Ashley. And Anna. And today we are joining um early in the morning but it's not even that early honestly it's 11 30 where I am and 10 30 where Anna is and this is going to be a fun one I think I think it's going to be um impactful and therapeutic to say the least yeah I've been they all kind of are in their own way but this one especially higher hopes for it I um have wanted to do this one for a while I, when Anna was here, this was the one I was kind of hoping to record and we just never got around to it. Um, and it's going to be a bit of a piggyback off of the last episode. So if you missed that one, um, it's a much lighter one, but we talked about our peaches and our pits of the last month. So like highs and lows. And today we're going to be piggybacking off of our lows and just digging a little bit deeper and. Um, almost as if it were a therapy session, which is funny. Um, But yeah, that's what we're going to be doing. So shall we get started? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I'll start with with you, Anna, um, because you said um, something that I've been thinking about since we last recorded, which was that you are dealing with a bit of imposter syndrome. And so a question that I always um have been not forced to ask myself but kind of just because of um how life goes is like um like where where is that coming from like where do you think that lives inside of you like the deepest parts of you and so if you want to just um refresh my memory a bit about what that feels like for you and then I'm gonna ask you where do you think it's coming from like the depths of it okay yeah so um I guess for me it's a lot of not feeling qualified enough to literally go into the field of work that I want to go into or more so continue the study um of my education before um like going back to school <laughs> and that like what that will take and like applying to schools um and just feeling basically like maybe I could have done more and I didn't do enough in undergrad and it makes me feel um like inferior to other peers that are on the same path as me Mm, inferior what does that word mean for you um I mean, in terms of like people, how I'm using it, I guess maybe just like 
there are better like options than me like people who could get picked over me that are more qualified that's in this term that's kind of how I see the word um when I use it is that like there are people who are just better off or um maybe it's like better organized or they work harder and yeah and that they will get picked before me to do to be successful yeah I mean I feel that way like all the time like inferiority and like Mm -hmm. oh there's someone else like better or like more qualified but it's like how do you measure that you know Mm -hmm. know that and so that leads me to next asking like have there been times in your life where like you've been proven to be inferior like has that been like a fact for you um honestly I guess not really um maybe just like times where there was like an exam and out of some of my like friends or classmates like I didn't do the best comparatively to all of them Mm. um yeah. But again, I don't, I think there's more to it than just like doing worse Yeah, on a, on a test. And I was going to say, like, not even like in like school, but just like no. in life, like in, in like other areas, like just like measuring up. Ha- have you been proven to like not measure up to others? If I'm being dramatic and overthinking, yeah. But if I'm being realistic, no. Mm, what do you mean by that? Like there, it's the idea that I could sit here and think of situations and turn them into something where I wasn't picked first. But in reality, there's just so much more that goes into it. Totally. Than that, I think. Yeah. Um, and so like in reality, no. Like I was never picked second for something um it just I don't know I think I think it's more so that like somehow people pick themselves like if it was um you know like it's not necessarily always to do with you Mm -hmm. I guess when there's like other people involved I would say like if I was in a situation um And let's say that there was, like, uh, you're, like, in, like, a friend, I don't know, maybe you're in a friend group or something. And and this is, again, I guess you could twist this, is what I'm saying, is, like, you could sit here and overthink the situation a lot of different ways. But let's say I was really close with a friend, and then we met a new friend, and they and, like, the other two girls hit it off. Like they were super close. They got along really well. They had the same sense of humor, um, all that. And so sometimes they would choose to hang out with just each other. And so it'd be like, okay, well, technically here I could say, yeah, I'm being chosen second. Or it's the idea that like these girls are putting themselves first and they're like, I want to have fun. And so if I need to have like a really fun time, I'm going to choose a person who like benefits my life the best. so 
I guess, yeah, I would be like in that situation, you're technically getting picked second, but the person choosing or not choosing you isn't seeing it that way. Like they're not thinking about it that way. Totally. I think it's like, no, 100%. Absolutely. And I think that like the, for me, it's like, of course, there's always two ways to see it. But which way do we see it first? And like, what, what's the strongest message being sent to our brain? And why is that always like the first thing? I mean, for me, it's like seeing it that second way that comes like after time where it's like, okay, it actually probably had nothing really to do with me. But it's always like that first initial feeling that has the biggest impact on our brains and that forms the way we see ourselves. And I think the interesting part is that over time, those first impacts like build up kind of like a programming. And so every time minor things like that happen, it like does it reinforces those thoughts of like oh I'm being picked second or like oh I'm never chosen or oh I'm not seen oh I'm not good enough and I think that's really interesting although most of the time yeah I've also just like heard a lot of things that um our minds are like programmed to think negatively like And you can, once you hear that for the first time, you it's really hard to unsee because you realize how easy it is to think negatively um, about yourself, about the world, about other people. Um, I think that's one reason why like social media and stuff is so vicious um, mm-hmm. because you're, someone is just sitting there through a screen they're watching a video of someone else and most of the time the first thoughts are going to be thoughts of like judgment um in some sort of way or they're going to be trying to find something like wrong with the person if they seemingly are like looking like flawless or their lifestyle um and so people comment the most negative things on so many videos if you most of the time people are positive but I think a majority of the time if I'm like looking at a video and I look at the comments and you know that I love to do that it's mm-hmm. a lot of the times there's like a ton of negativity and it's just because these people see something and the first thoughts their brain goes to is like something negative they comment that and they scroll away but like if you sat there and thought about it for a while like you probably there one wouldn't have anything to say anymore or your thoughts would be like neutralized and maybe slightly more positive but people just don't have patience yeah I think like when I think back well you said that like we're programmed to kind of do this and I always wonder like why like when did that start and like who put that there and like I've been re-evaluating like the earlier years of my life and just kind of like tiny things that happened And I'm like, oh, well, like if that happened and it was severe enough for me to remember it, of course, that's going to be, you know, it's like embedded within me. Like now it lives within my cells almost. And, you know, that's like a starting place. And you're right. Like judgment is always 
like the first thing and like a lot of the times I feel like it's not really judging the other person but it's like judging yourself based off of (laughs) the other person yeah I mean you kind of wanted this episode to be like roughly kind of therapeutic and um essentially kind of what you would maybe discuss in therapy and I think there's obviously that huge thing in psychology that's like projection and like when you maybe are insecure it's like you're not going to be as confident in your relationship and you're not going to um, appreciate other people's beauty because you're going to be trying to find flaws because you're finding flaws like in yourself every day Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not yeah there's like that huge idea and that's just what came to mind when you were talking about that totally that's crazy that's absolutely so insane but like very human but again that's only like that like more lighter perspective of like oh but we're all human we're all flawed like comes after all of those layers of like terror (laughs) that you're causing and it's really like terror against yourself because like like you said if we're talking about like social media I mean of course it's gonna affect the other person but like you don't most of the time like you don't know them and so it's like what are you trying to accomplish and it's really not about them it's about you yeah crazy but true (laughs) um well yeah thanks for thanks for walking me through your mind in that area and um I think we all can relate a little bit to like feelings of not being good enough I think yeah yeah shall we reverse it and talk about your pit a little bit well why not yeah why not um okay yeah so last episode I shared that my pit was my peach was moving and that my pit was also moving (laughs) and I think that a lot of life is like viewed that way for me is Mm -hmm. like I'm so like like there's this book called bittersweet and it's by um susan kane and it's basically just about this idea that like really um and i don't know if i'd call myself like a melancholy person but just that like i i am a person that like as much as i see like the beauty i always see like something else that's like less beautiful not bad but just like the sad part of like oh like this song is so beautiful, but it's like a sad song or like this song is so sad, but that's what makes it beautiful. Just stuff like that, I would say. I'm definitely the type of person that like loves essentially like sad music because I think it's pretty. Like I don't listen. I mean, you might do this. So maybe this is, but <laughs> um, like I don't listen to sad music like when I'm sad or to get sad. Like I listen to like, sadder music and sometimes I'm not really paying attention to the lyrics like I will sometimes but there are some times where I just am like cleaning my room and I don't want like rap music on so I'm like okay let me just play something relaxing and most of the time relaxing music is like sadder stuff and that's so interesting no but okay first of all that's interesting that like sad music is soothing to Mm -hmm. us and it's like, well, what does that say about like the human heart or like our souls? Like the state that we're in is like Bon Iver is like 
I'm like Zen, you know? Um, exactly. Yes. That is the Zen. <laughs> but also I'm like the complete opposite of you. Like when I'm sad, the sad music's on. And most of the time my ex- experience with music, like a lot of it is like the lyrics and I'm a huge lyric person. Um, so I just think that's interesting because some people are like, oh, this song just sounds good. Like it has a great beat and I love it. And I'm also that way, but mm-hmm. also I think a, a bigger part for me, a more influential part would be the lyrics. Um, but yeah, so I shared that my pit was also moving and that's because I have a hard time um, with, I don't know how, how, how to phrase it without like really labeling it or like identifying with it but like I have um I have some tendencies to um to clean a lot and to organize a lot and to make sure that everything is perfect all the time um I'm obsessed with it I ruminate if it's not um I ruminate until it's cleaned or finished or um you know so that's who I am and I have found that in the last month I've been doing that like daily um which I normally do but it's in a different way now because it's affecting my environment that I'm sharing with other people and that's been I don't want to say it's been like hard but it's just been something that's super confrontational and something that I have to like work to push through every day and um yeah. So that was my pit. Um, and so I guess we'll be piggybacking off of that. And so I guess the question after that would be like, where does that come from? Um, and yeah. I'm sure it comes from a lot of different places, which I've been figuring out recently. But I think I grew up um, wanting to um, be perfect all the time and not screw up um I think it started probably with like my parents and like this image of wanting to be perfect daughter and not let them down and I think that over time when I figured out in small ways that that's impossible to do I was like well if I can't control that if I can't clean myself and be clean all the time like I can clean other things (laughs) and um I think that Aside from that, it's also like a chemical thing um, because if I'm thinking about my other tendencies, like I just, you know, dirt, who, who, who likes it, you know, and um, <laughs> who, who, who likes it and uh, that's funny. <laughs> and um, there are things like, you know, I like different types of uh, environments. Uh, other ones make me feel unsafe whether it's like smell or, you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. I like to eat with types of forks. Um, I like to make sure the light switches are not sticky and I have to, you know, but if I'm thinking about the way <laughs> this is, this is formed over my life. Um, I think it probably comes from this desire to control how I'm perceived. Um, and that's like expressed when I think about myself expressed outward. So like in my 
relationships or my interactions with people. Um, I think that I really love to control how they see me. And um, yeah, I think that comes from my earlier years of life and slowly figuring out over time that it you can't control how people perceive you ever and that you will become really tired trying and I think that I have become tired as we all probably do but um yeah yeah um well that was the exhale that was great thank you for sharing you're so welcome um do you think so obviously you need to be clean um and you can do the best you can to make your environment as clean as possible as well but when it comes in terms of like other people and their environment like um do you think it will eventually like change the way that you view anyone um Mm. or you know like the people like did you ever um I don't know how to phrase this if you were at home and Mm -hmm. obviously your house at home was pretty clean so I'm assuming your family is also pretty clean but did like your brother ever leave a mess and you are left cleaning it up and you like saw the way that you like viewed him was like slightly different after maybe like an incident or something or so you're not like judgmental of other people's messes is what I'm saying it's always internalized like it always falls back on me and that's the crazy part and this is what I'm talking about is I'm like why does like my brother's mess then somehow relate to like me and I don't know it's like it's like okay and to be fair because and he's not listening but if he was I just need him to know that like he actually has never like left a mess and I've had to clean it up and then I've then like internalized it and therefore have trauma for the rest of my life like that's not yeah this is just an example like I he oh yeah, yeah totally. I didn't mean to throw him under the bus there but well but <laughs> I mean he's messy but I I never cleaned up his mess but um but let's say yeah let's say that he oh the worst thing like when you spill something and it's like left on the counter oh Ashley I have a story actually I can't wait but uh, (laughs) the mess on the counter is just like a nightmare anything left out any like it's just like who came and like disrupted the sanctity of this space like why we exactly and why and so it's like that I'm like it's not about my brother it's not like oh my god like he's so messy it's like oh my gosh I'm now in danger because like this thing happened and like now I have to like fix it and if I don't fix it then like I'm a mess and so is everything else yeah yeah (laughs) it just no that's such a good point um what I was thinking about is so I don't exactly know like when so this was Okay, so I talked about this in my last episode, and I've talked about it, I think, a couple times before, um, or honestly, just I definitely have, because for most of the podcast, I did live um, in this said house that I'm about to mm. speak about, Uh-oh. but 
<laughs> at school senior year I lived in a house and there were seven girls like including me so six other people and um messes occurred pretty frequently especially because we were in a sorority we had a lot of date parties that had random costumes um or not necessarily costumes but like themes and props and we always just had scattered things we would um rush to pregame before we go out so cups would be left everywhere you know it just it adds up really quickly um and I want to say it was like April um of this past year we had like a formal and I think it was this weekend too I can't quite remember um but we had these end tables and they frequently got dirty like things would um, spill on them they had been in the college house that I lived in sophomore year and junior year and then senior year like they were not nice by any means but you know like we used them and so and they were in like our living room space and <laughs> one day somehow we had like woken up the morning and we were cleaning and a lollipop like literally one of those that are like like obviously they're all circular but like flat and like a circle you know like oh. that you saw in like Willy flat ones? oh do you know what I'm talking about yeah. that are like rolled up like basically if you took a Laffy Taffy and like rolled it in a circle oh my gosh do you get what I'm saying yeah but it was like a small one so maybe like half the size of my palm okay. so like it wasn't super big like it wasn't the like head sized ones and it was unwrapped and like had been like licked so it was sticky and it was on the table like it was on one of the one of the night like the not nightstands but end tables on the by the couches and it was there for too long um to the point where when i actually like deep cleaned our house i took it off and just like the um handle broke off like yeah. it was fully stuck to the table yeah and it just in my head like it wasn't like I ever cared who did it obviously I was just curious to be curious because like <laughs> none of us had any so I was confused how it even got into our house right but um I like it wasn't like anyone was upset about it really like it was honestly kind of comical um but it was just the idea that like, I don't want to put anything on this table. I don't want to use this table. Like, you know, it was just the idea that the space was almost like ruined. And yeah. that's how I like internalized messes. Like, I'm just like, I can't use this space. Yeah. Like when the kitchen was overly messy with dishes, I'm like, I don't want to cook because I can't use this space unless yes. I spend 30 minutes cleaning it. And it's just, exactly. again, it's like, I get frustrated, but it's not even with anyone in particular, especially because no. like sometimes obviously I was involved in the mess. Like I lived there and I wasn't even really mad at myself. I was just like frustrated with like the environment. And I was like, totally. I can't, it's just, yeah. Totally. So I totally get what you mean by it's not like you don't take it out like on anyone it's just yeah it's all inside and you're like no matter what it like how it forms so like with me it's not really like a personal thing it's just like a if I look at it and it's messy or I can't like feel like I can use it comfortably yeah. like if a couch just has like like I just <laughs> yeah I get really like <laughs> overstimulated basically with my environment and that's why I, I have to clean so yeah. I just think it's interesting to like listen to like two people who are pretty much clean freaks, but like for different reasons almost. Yeah. 
the brain is a, a, a scary place and yeah. a beautiful <laughs> a beautiful mathematical divine place but um yeah and it's like how that transforms into like fear like I think that is mm-hmm. the craziest part is like how Wait, can you repeat that you just you froze on my end so oh sorry. oh no I I said um that that feeling that we internalize then transforms into fear and that it's then like expressed in like us being avoidant or us being overly controlling Mm -hmm. and um yeah fear is I think me the way I've lived most of my life has been like from a place of of fearing everything and that's interesting too (laughs) Yeah, there's, I think when sometimes I like will sit down or think about something, um, there's a lot, I have a lot of fear that I don't really recognize sometimes. Like I definitely have a fear of starting. Mm. Um, So whether it's like starting a big assignment, because I just think about the end product and what it needs to be and all the steps that I have to do that I'm just almost too scared to start. Um, Or whether it's, okay, I don't want to drink alcohol for 30 days, but I could do that any 30 days, but I just choose to like wait. And then I never start because it's like, when do I even start? When do I know when to start? Because it's just like scary, but it's like not, I don't know. But in my head, I definitely have a fear of starting. Where, where do you think that comes from? Um, Honestly, I'm not sure. I think it's... To me, it's definitely just a, I think about the future a lot. Um, And so, like I said, with like assignments, I would get super overwhelmed with like a test. Um, And I don't even know how to like say, kind of like put it into words. But if I like thought about a test sometimes, I would almost find ways to like not necessarily like kind of procrastinate, but not in the sense of not doing anything. I would try to organize and like all of my information and look over my notes, but I wouldn't actually be starting anything. I would just kind of convince myself that I was. Um, And I know that's not really answering your question of where it comes. Oh, you answered it. You answered it though. You did. What? Because you said two things. I was like, okay, I think I, I think I know what she said. What did I say that that you you connected the dots? You said that you fear the future a lot. Yeah. And then I was like, well, perhaps that if we're afraid of the future why would we be afraid of it is because we're it's uncertain and like most of the times we're like afraid of of failing or that we're Mm -hmm. afraid that like the unknown is like something that we can't handle and when you expressed your feelings of like feeling inferior or not good enough if you fail at something obviously those are going to bring up those feelings but even if you succeed that brings on a whole different unknown and another one another chance where you could be proved inferior or not good enough yeah I also think that there's like 
part of it is if I'm scared of the future, if I never start something, I won't get there. Yeah. Which obviously the future is coming either way. We know that. But I think there's like a part of it where if you're thinking about a project in life, in business, if you're thinking about um, searching for a job, but you're scared to actually go into the workforce, like it's hard to begin your job search because if you don't start, like, yeah, obviously you're never going to get the job. So you're never going to have to start work. Like it's just all of that is right there. And it's just the resistance of like, trying something new and experiencing change is like all just interwoven in that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A mess. It's a mess. (laughs) It's chaotic. It's so messy. So So what is like, um, just like a small thing that like you find you fear a lot and like you're resistant to in life? everything you're like Ugh. I'm like so literally everything all of the time but I really am like making conscious effort to just like chill like to just be yeah. better and more mindful and I think that that has come from like the time I've spent um with myself and finally recognizing that like when I'm down and when I feel like I can't get up or I can't move or I'm sad or things are too hard that like instead of beating myself up and feeling bad about feeling bad like the the greatest thing I can do and the thing that actually works is just being nice to myself and just being like loving and that's just been kind of um something I've discovered in the the last like year is that like you know you can't really beat yourself up for being beat down because you're just gonna get more beat up um and so I would say that I'm doing better at at, at chilling but um something that I fear is that kind of like you that like I'm not good enough but also that like if it's a bit more specific and I would say that I'm just like not unlovable (laughs) that sounds so bad but like I wouldn't call it that but like if I were to like really break it down it's just that like I'm unlovable and I fear that that people won't won't see me and like see like me fully and not that they have to it's just that I would like them to yeah or that I can't like express myself adequately and therefore I won't be seen or understood and then loved it always leads back to like loved which is crazy but Mm -hmm. yeah wow so much a fear of love <laughs> or yeah. a fear of letting yourself feel like loved yes it is that I didn't want to yeah. say that because that's so like blunt and so bleak but well, I'm saying that. it for you so. and thank you and thank you so much <laughs> I hate to like I, I I still don't feel like we're like ending on like a, a, a sour note like I still feel like we kept this like light and like no one cried and we didn't talk about death so no I no one cried Yeah, no, I think it was, I think it was just like eye-opening in a sense of, okay, we're, I don't know, it's hard to sometimes dig into your own emotions and life situations, but when someone's there asking you questions, which is why I guess a lot of us go to therapy, but because someone is like there to like ask the questions that like you either don't want to ask yourself 
or you know that if you ask yourself, you don't have to answer them. But what if someone else's answer, like asking you a question, obviously you don't have to answer, but like it makes you think and then you're like, okay, yeah, let's talk about it. You're right. Exactly. So. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about that. <laughs> right. Talk. No, but let's talk about that. Okay. Exactly. Well, this was fun. <laughs> and thanks for being vulnerable. I love this. Yeah. And um, yeah, um, I think that we are always on the road towards more light and it's because of things like this like you said like taking the time to ask the questions that we necessarily don't want to answer or don't want to think about mm. mm-hmm. but here we are we here we are it. On a Yep. yay well i love you and i'll i'll see you soon and thanks everyone for tuning in yeah well Ashley I love you too and I love all of you guys for listening and hope to see you guys next week bye bye thanks for listening to today's episode for more check out the links in the show notes and we'll see you next time